Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, we pray in our Messiah's name. We thank you for your word. We pray you would enlighten us and give us understanding. Binah, Lord, through your eternal word, we thank you for every word of God which is pure and proves true in Proverbs 30, verse 5. Amen. Yeshua's ascension would have most likely been this past Monday evening on the Jewish calendar, which was the 40th day of the counting of the Omer since Yeshua's resurrection. So his ascension would have been 40 days uh, after that. This past Thursday was Ascension Thursday on the Christian Orthodox calendar. Well, he had told them that he was, he'd be leaving. In John 14, Yochanan 14, verses 2 and 3, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go, he said, I will come again, and I'll take you to myself. He said, I'm going to the Father in John 14, 12. He said in 14, 28, it's recorded, I, I'm going away, and I'm coming back to you. In chapter 16, it records, I'm going seven times. He says, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm going to the one who sent me. He said, grief has filled your heart. He said, but it's to your advantage that I go away. I have to go. In 1616, it says, a little while, he says, and I will no longer, you will no longer see me. And again, in a little while, you will see me. So I'd like to talk about this ascension, how important it is. They didn't want him to go. I imagine they would have missed him very much. It says that Yeshua was taken up or carried or lifted up, Luke 24, 51, Acts 1, 11. The Greek is again received. He was again carried. God the Father did it, not Jesus, not Yeshua. Perhaps with many angels and celestial saints cheering as the cloud of witnesses because it says he's, this cloud is mentioned a number of times. God is the one who ultimately, think about it, killed or sacrificed him, and God is the one who raised him from the dead, and God is the one who removed him. He took him from the earth in order to seat him at his right hand. Ephesians 1.20, and a verse that we'll mention again in a moment, Psalm 110, verse 1, which is in the writings mentioned the most times from the writings, the verse most mentioned in the 
Brit Hadashah, the new covenant. He didn't just turn on the ignition and take off, but he was lifted up by God the Father. Amen, amen, I tell you, the Son can do nothing of himself, not anything of himself. Only what he sees the Father doing, Yeshua said. He said again, I can do nothing on my own. John 5, 19 and 30, John 8, 28. He said this many times. I can't do anything of myself. Only what I see the Father do, I can do. And like Yeshua, our model, our rabbi, we are dependent upon God and place our trust and confidence in him, not in ourselves. Think about it. Not that we are competent, Paul says, in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our competence, our sufficiency, is from God. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Adonai with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him, right? Know him in the Hebrew, yada, know him. And he will direct or make your paths, yashar, make them straight. So this is, you know, uh, I mentioned several years ago in a message I found it says we can never replace what God has taken with the same. I mentioned it, gosh, six, seven years ago in a message. We can never replace what God has taken with the same. But we must move in God's time into the next phase of his provision. And in Acts 2.4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and they were enabled. And so we must always balance memory and mission. He left in death and he returned. He left in ascension and he will return. John 16, 7, he's, and until then, we are given a supernatural provision and a supernatural commission. So 40 days of visiting between his resurrection and his ascension. And then what? He's gone. Now what? Pray. Prayer. Prayer and fasting. I believe the prophet Isaiah specifically forecast Messiah's ascension more than 700 years beforehand in a very powerful verse. And maybe you remember this verse. Uh, it's, it's an amazing verse. In Isaiah 52, 13, this to me is an amazing because it shows not only his ascension, but his death, his burial, and or his death, his resurrection, and his ascension all in one verse. Isaiah 52, 13, he says, He nay, behold, or look at this, my servant will prosper. He will be high. The word is rum. And uh, say the word rum. Uh, he will, it means to be elevated for an exalted goal. And then he'll, so then he'll, so this is his death. Then he'll be lifted up. Let's say the word nasa. Nasa, I'm giving you the root of the word. To rise up. So there's his resurrection. And then he'll be greatly exalted. And this is the word gava. Let's say gava. Okay, gava, good. Gava, it means, listen to this word. It means to rise very high through the concentration of elements. To soar. <sighs> to rise very high through the concentration of elements. Gava. 
Yeshua's atoning death, Rum, his triumphant resurrection, Nasa, and then his soaring ascension, Gava. Amazing, all in that verse. 700 years before Yeshua was born, predicted. And Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 8, also depicting his death by crucifixion. His, in verse 9, his burial. In verse 10, his resurrection. And in verse 12, his exaltation and his intercession. Now, Luke wrote a two-part history of the origins of, Messi- of what we would call today Messianic Judaism. And the ascension was so important for Luke that he ended volume one, the gospel according to Luke, as we would call it, with, with this description of the ascension, Luke 24, verses 50 and 51. And then he begins volume two, the Acts of the Apostles, by reporting it again all over. And then he refers back to it several times throughout the book of Acts. So imagine, I like to think of it, what if he hadn't ascended? If he hadn't ascended, if Yeshua, Jesus had not ascended, we'd still be dependent upon his physical presence. We'd still be wanting to go see him in the Galilee. We select. He's only there. We've got to go see him there. We would still be, if Jesus hadn't, been, hadn't ascended, we'd still be saying, let's go to Israel and see Yeshua. But he ascended, and when he ascended in Luke 24, 51, he was blessing them. Look at, take a look at Luke 24. It says, Yeshua, verse 50, led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and we believe this is probably the Birkat Hakonim, the priestly blessing that we close with every Shabbat. So the last words he's saying over them as he's ascending is probably the priestly blessing from Numbers chapter 6. Lifting up his hands and bless them. And while blessing them, he's departing them after giving them the great commission to go into all the world, to the ends of the world. And while blessing them, he departed from, from them and was taken up into heaven and after worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, continuing, they were in the temple praising God. So what a, uh, a picture, his last words, putting God's name on them to carry out the great commission, because that's what it says in number six, you put my name on them when you say that blessing. He was carried up again, anafero in the Greek, into heaven. While they were watching Acts 1-9, he was lifted up, Eparo, epero in the Greek, lifted up. So three reasons I want to say why, why is the ascension so essential. Three reasons I like to say. Number one, it declares that the work is finished. The work is finished. He sat down. He sat down. He's seated. Hebrews 8.1 Now, here is the main point. The writer of the Hebrews, author of Hebrews, says, here's the main point being said. After all that I've said in the first seven chapters, here's the main point being said. We do have, this is amazing, we have such a Kohen Gadol. We have what an amazing high priest we have who's taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. 
Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? He's seated. He's there. It's done. John 19.30, Yeshua said, It is finished. Tetelestai. It is done. Redemption is... I paid for your sins. It's done. When he had made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews 1, verses 3 and 4. Thus he became uh, as far as above the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In Hebrews 10, 12 through 14, on the other hand, when this one offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from then on until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those being made holy. Forever. Not a Yom Kippur offering every year at the temple, but Forever, one forever. Psalm 110, verse 1, the most quoted reference, as I mentioned, of the writings in the uh, Ketubim, the writings by the apostles in the New Covenant. He is, his enemies will be made a footstool for his feet. He's sat down at the right hand of God. The Lord declares to my Lord, uh, the Lord declares to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Sit at my right hand. Shev Lemini, sit at my right hand. Shev to my right hand, sit to my right hand until odd, it says odd, until, sit to my, until I make your enemies, and it literally would translate to make your enemies the blood for your feet, the blood to your feet, hadom regalecha, blood for your feet. Strange, but that's how I would could translate it. Now the ascension indicates that all things, all enemies are under his authority. 1 Peter 3.22 says he has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers subjected to him. Ephesians 1.20-22, power he exercised in Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heaven. He's far above, not just barely above, not just equal to, far above any ruler, authority, power, and leader and every name that is named, not only in the Olam Hazeh, this world, but also in the Olam Haba, the world to come. God placed all things, how many things? All. Amen. All things under Messiah's feet and appointed him as head over all things for his community. Although, and although he hasn't fully implemented it, it's done. It has happened. It's done. It, but one day he will implement it. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 to 26 says, Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. So he will implement it when he returns. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, and the throne of the king will rule heaven and earth. Throne Kisei in Hebrew, uh, the Greek, I forget what the Greek word is, but the word in the book of Revelation or the apocalypse is 40 times. Throne is the center. Throne is that God's throne, center of the universe. Second, second important thing about the ascension is he is now interceding on our behalf as high priest. So he's now interceding on our behalf. The work is finished, number one, uh, now he's interceding on our behalf as the high priest. Therefore, he is also able to save completely those who draw near to God through him 
since he's always living to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, since we have a great Kohen Gadol, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, passed through the heavens, Yeshua ben Elohim, Hebrews 4.14, let us hold firmly to our confession, confessed allegiance. For we do not have a Kohen Gadol who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but he's been tempted in all points like his weeds. Amazing. So we draw near to the throne of grace with confidence to, to receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Psalm 110, verse 4. Amen. 110, verse 4 says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You're a priest forever according to what order? The order? Melchizedek. Mel- right. Melchizedek or Melchizedek. Right. Different order, not Aaron's priesthood. First John 2, 1. My children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin. If anyone does sin, we have an intercessor. We have an advocate or an intercessor with the Father, Messiah Yeshua, the righteous one. He's interceding for us. He's representing us there. But it's also the beginning of our new, our new work as ambassadors and messengers of the new covenant. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, that he made us competent as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. In Acts 1, 8, you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem and throughout Judea or Judah and Samaria. And then stop there. Oh, no, don't stop there. Keep going, right, to the end of the earth. We're now his ambassadors entrusted with the message of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.19. So number 40 is the number of transition and, or change. His ministry becomes ours with his ascension, a transfer He ascended so he could send us. He went up, simple way to think about it, he went up so we could go out, right? He went up so we could go out, yeah. And the third thing about the ascension is, why it's so important, it says he's coming again. He's coming back. He's coming again. The ascension foreshadowed Yeshua's personal, physical, glorious return. In Acts 1.11, this Yeshua, who was taken up from you into heaven, the angels said it here, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He's going to come. You saw him go. You saw him go up. He was lifted up. He's going to come back. Same way. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18, For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the blast of God's shofar, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left behind, will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Clouds keep being mentioned here. The clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So we'll always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. 2 Thessalonians 1.10, on that day when he comes to be glorified among his kiddushim, his saints, and marvel at, marvel at by all who believe. Revelation 1.7, look, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. All the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Yes, amen. In 19.11 of Revelation, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. A white horse. The one riding on it is called Faithful and True. And he judges and he makes war in righteousness. 
And then it talks, you see the picture in Revelation 19? And the, the, there's other, the armies of heaven are on white horses and they're following him. Now it's interesting, the Lord, when he took Elijah from Elisha, Eliyahu from Elisha, in Hebrew, they're Eliyahu from Elisha, and he took him and he came, how did he take him? With a, horses and chariots, chariots of fire and horses of fire. It says, 2 Kings chapter 2. Interesting. A whirlwind into heaven took him. And again, Elijah didn't go up on his own power, but the Lord took him. And the Lord took Yeshua. Father took Yeshua up. So if he ascended, it's likewise assured that he will be back. And it set the pattern for his return. When Yeshua comes to set up the kingdom, he'll return just as he left, literally, bodily, visibly in the clouds. Uh, Daniel 12, 7, 13, I was watching in the night visions, Daniel says, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. What Luke records here in Acts chapter 1, that he's, when he, in the day when he's taken up, in verse 2, analambano in the Greek, to re- he's, he's uh, received up, received up, after he'd given orders to the apostles, and after all his appearances over the 40 days, which we spoke about recently in messages on the, his post-resurrection appearances, all those amazing 12 or 13 appearances, it says that uh, he showed himself alive and, and staying with them in verse 4 and 5, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. And he didn't tell them, how many days? He just said, wait till, till you receive, till you'll be immersed with the Holy Spirit. Not many days. He says, not many days, but he didn't tell him how many days. And how hard it is to wait. That's the hardest thing, isn't it? Patience is the toughest thing. It's hard to wait. So when they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? Verse 6. And he said, no, I'm sorry, but the church has fulfilled that. Um, churches are going to replace Israel. Those promises are not going to be fulfilled to Israel anymore. We, yeah, we, they're just sp- spiritual now for everyone. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I am totally kidding, and it's not true. We don't believe in replacement theology and whatever other terms there are for, for it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Of course, is going to be there. But, he's, but he says it's not for you to know right now. Uh, but there's going to be, they, there is a future physical kingdom promised to King David and his seed. And to them it meant full restoration from exile. Uh, but they're saying, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel this time? And he said, it's not your place to know the times or the seasons which the Father has placed in his own control. God will do it in his time. He's going to do it. But so we're, and we can't calculate the dates so many books, how many books should be thrown in the trash of people that are calculating dates for Yeshua's return? Sorry, but, uh, and listen, I got saved through thinking Jesus was coming back in 1984, so when I, but, but, uh, but listen, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, and you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, through all Judah and Samaria to the end of the earth, but we're not to be preoccupied and obsessed with the when, He's returning to set up his kingdom. 
but we're to be focused on being filled with the fuel, so to speak, that we need to be to fulfill the mission. Amen? The fuel. We need the Holy Spirit, the fuel through prayer and the Word and gathering together as we heard today. We need the fuel, but we're now to be focused on the mission. We're to go out. We're to go to all the world. That's all. And we don't, he'll, when he comes back, he comes back, you know. And praise God, it's hope it's soon. But I'm, I, I, in a way, I don't, you know, no, there's too many more people to reach. There's too many more, to, too much more to do. So that's the way I look at it. No, I don't, don't, we, what border should we stop? You know, go Jerusalem? Uh, no, Judea? No, keep going. Keep going as far as you can go. Keep going. And by the way, does God call, you know, the, the toughest place that was Jerusalem, where all the rejection occurred. And you start in the toughest place, not the easiest. God doesn't say start where it's easiest, but start where it's toughest. Start, start sometime, you know, start right where the rejection occurred. Start right where you feel maybe and be faithful and then keep, but then keep going. And, and I love Romans 15, 20 and 21. Uh, you know, where do we stop? Paul says, I make it my aim to proclaim the, the good news, the Besorah, not where Messiah was already named, lest I build on another person's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. I love those verses. Write them down if you have Romans 15, verses 20 and 21. That's my goal. Those who've never heard, I want to hear. Those who've not understood, oh, I want to. Those who've never heard, because the first time they hear, oh, it's there's nothing like that'll change your life as to share the the good news with someone who's never heard it. And they, say, wow, really? And they drink it in, and they say, oh, please tell me more, tell me more. So they're watching. The cloud takes them up, and there's two men with them in white clothing. Maybe Michael, Michael, and Gabriel. They, these men say, men of Galilee, why do you keep standing here staring? Verse 11 and 12. This Yeshua who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. They're not expecting him to leave yet at this point, but, but just say, just be going, doing the mission, and he'll return when it's time. He's going to come back. And uh, Mark says he's taken up into heaven, sat down at the right hand. Luke says... There are different versions. It's in verse 9, it's the, the Greek is lifted up as the hoisting of a sail. Uh, and the cloud in verse 9 says it, it, they received him. The Greek word received means the bearing up of support from beneath. He's supported by the cloud. This may have been like the cloud connected with the transfiguration and which descended on the tabernacle, the Mishkan, in the, in the wilderness, and filled Solomon's temple. Many believe it was the Shekhinah cloud, a symbol of God's glory. In other words, it was a supernatural cloud, the sun being glorified. So he's resuming his glory that he had before. He became flesh, and he departs. The word departing, verse 10, means to go on a journey. So this is amazing. He goes on a journey. The Son of Man, Son of God, was passing through the heavens into the heaven of heavens and into the very presence of God to appear there for us. Not just, not just a disappearance, but a journey and a passing into the heaven of heavens and he arrived there. He arrived and reached his destination. He arrived in heaven. He was received there. 
Everywhere we turn in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we find the Lord Yeshua declared to be in the heavens now, at the right hand of the Father, in the place of glory and power on our behalf. That's where he is. He represents us now, our mediating high priest, Kohen Gadol, giving us access to God, our Father, by his present intercession. Isn't that amazing? So many verses say that. And he is seated and has all authority and sovereignty as the king of kings. But he's also standing, sometimes it says, and he's interceding for us as our great high priest. It mentions in Acts uh, chapter 7 for Stephen, he was standing as Stephen is being martyred. So, and also in Revelation 1, the vision of Yeshua glorified, he's standing. So as our high priest interceding for us. So Lord, we just thank you that you have ascended. We thank you, Lord God, that it is done. The work is finished. We thank you, Lord, for these three amazing things that you are now interceding on our behalf. The work is finished. You're interceding and you're coming back, Lord, and that you have given us a mission to do in your place, Lord, and and that you are faithful and true. And we, we look forward to We can't wait till you come back. We can't wait till you come back. But we also are thankful that right now we have a, a, a mission. And we thank you for the time of prayer, Lord, and you prepare us for that mission, Lord. We can do nothing of ourselves, Lord. We need your power. We can't. We don't have the fuel, Lord. You're the fuel, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. We need your spirit, Lord. We need your help. We need your power in every way, God. We can do nothing of ourselves. If Yeshua said that, we certainly, certainly say it, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that you have been seated. You have given us all things in Messiah, Lord. It's all available to us as we pray, as we seek you, your face, as we turn to you and, we, and wait upon you. We bless you, we thank you, and we love you. Let's stand and continue to pray. Continue to pray right now. Just continue to seek. Tell the Lord, seek him. Let's lift our hands and ask his Holy Spirit to fall upon us afresh. Thank you, God. We seek you, Lord. Lord, let's ask him to prepare us and send us. Lord, we pray you would use us to reach those that don't know you, Lord, haven't heard, Lord, not where Messiah is named, Lord. Take our feet to can be right Right in, our, right in our community, it can be right in our neighborhood, it could be right where we work, it could be right, right somewhere we haven't even thought, someone that's, but someone, it might be close, it might be wherever, Lord, it might be far, take us to someone that's never heard you this week, Lord, that we can share the good news, Lord, and fill us with your spirit, Lord, because we can't do it in ourselves. We can't do it. We could do a bad job of it in ourselves, but we want you to be speaking through us to someone to share the Bessorah, the good news of your death and resurrection. Lord, thank you, Lord, your love. We love you and we praise you, God. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. If you've never received Yeshua, Lord, just pray a prayer. Lord, save me. Come into my life. I need Yeshua. I want to forgiveness of sins. Give me a new start. Forgive me. Wash me clean, Lord. Whatever my need is, Lord, God, I'm turning to you. Thank you. Accept me, Lord. The Lord will accept you right as where you are. Take you right where you are. He loves you. No sin that's 
greater than he paid for. He knows it. He knows the darkest, darkest sin he paid for, died for it, became it. He experienced it on the tree, on the stake. If you're trusting him, someone then receive him and come and pray with one of these great prayer people here afterwards. Tell them that you've done that and they'll agree with you in prayer. If you're, if you're watching online, please write us and we'll write you back. We praise you, Lord. Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.